You're listening to Two-Tone Uncensored, the best damn Tennessee Titans podcast out there. I'm your host, Ryan Moreland. We have a very big show for you today, a lot to talk about. And I decided I didn't want to just talk by myself. You know, I've been doing that a lot lately. So I brought on good friend and big Titans fan and writer, Cody Milholland. How are you doing, Cody? Hey, man, doing great. Expecting another good show, just like the last one was when we was on. Absolutely. I'm, I'm excited to have you on. I'm excited to get into this. We have a lot to talk about because so many coaching hires. Um, you know, last week I promised all of you that we would get on and start talking about some of these uh, free agents on our team and whether what we should do with them, should we go. Uh, you know, so a lot of a lot of moving parts, a lot of stuff to talk about. So we're going to just jump right into it. And, you know, last week I had the opportunity, Cody, when you weren't on, to talk about Mike Vrabel and the hiring and how I felt about it. So before we get into the other coaches, which I haven't gotten a chance to talk to about on the show, how do you feel about Mike Vrabel and this hiring? Well, to be honest with you, when he was first hired, it was kind of a hire. I didn't hate it, but I didn't necessarily love it either. Just because of his experience, he doesn't have a lot. But I do like some of the things he's done at, there at Ohio State. Um, also, there were the Texans, and as a player in the league before that. So he's definitely done some done some good things. About his press conference, i done a few pros and cons to him. One of the pros is he doesn't want to have the best players. He wants to have the right players, and we know that's important. That's something Malarkey talked a lot, talked a lot about with his leadership and things of, of that sort. So that's also very important, which we already knew. Uh, he wants to do his best by Mariota. He wants to build his game around what Mariota can do best and what he's not doing as good, I guess you could say. And something that's something Malarkey didn't do too much. Malarkey more of this is my way, this is how we're going to run it. And he did uh, compromise a little bit, but not enough, I don't think. And I liked how he's willing to take responsibility. He's the head coach. If we win, it's on him. If we lose, it's on him. If we have a bad play, it's on him. He's willing to take responsibility. One thing I didn't like was um, he didn't really have much of an identity when he talked about our offense, uh, RPOs, screens, taking shots. There wasn't much identity there. And if you look back to 2013, we had a coach, Ken Wisenhunt. He said our identity is versatility, and that's not an identity. That's what you have, not what you are. And there was a few times where he could be a little bit cocky. You know, at first he was a little shy. Then he kind of got more co- more comfortable, but then he got a little bit arrogant, but not too bad out of hand. So um, there is a few pros, there is a few cons, but overall I think it's a solid hire. And what I was talking about earlier with the no identity on offense, we went ahead and got Matt LaFleur, someone who we um, interviewed for for the head coaching position, but uh, he didn't get it. So I guess Matt LaFleur is like all-state. I'm guessing considering him calling our offensive plays, we're in good hands. Yeah, I agree with a lot of you, and I said it last week. I, you know, I do have some reservations, and it, it's the same thing that you just said about Vrabel. Is he's he's had this meteoric rise where he hasn't spent very long in any position that he's been in. You know, he, even at Ohio State, moves from linebackers to defensive line, then he gets in the NFL as a linebackers coach for a couple years, and then he's a defensive coordinator for one year. Now he's a head coach, so he hasn't had a lot of time to build that experience. Now, what you can argue also, he's he's been around football and pro football, especially for decades now. I mean, the guy obviously had a very great playing career um, with Pittsburgh, with New England. Um, 
So, you know, he has that to fall back when he has a lot of experience around the game, but, but coaching is different. It's, there's a lot uh, more to it on the back end of things and, you know, getting ready, you know, talking players into coming here, that kind of stuff. And so I, at first, my first gut reaction was I wasn't huge on the hiring. You know, I was, I was kind of, I didn't hate it, but I didn't love it. I'm starting to come around a little bit more. You know, he's definitely, we heard Robinson say leader of men. I mean, Vrabel's that guy. Vrabel's like the picture of that guy if you're looking for that leader of men type. So we'll see how he does. But but I am coming around on a little bit more. I'm starting to like Mike Vrabel a little bit more. And, but a lot of what you said I agree with, Cody. But you brought up Matt LaFleur, and that's the first guy we're going to talk about. Um. So first thing before I get into to LaFleur, I wanted to say this. A couple weeks ago on this show, people were talking about LaFleur and asking about him, and I was like, we're not getting Matt LaFleur. He came in to interview for a head coaching spot. He's already an offensive coordinator. We're not going to pay him a lot more than he's making, so what? why come? And why come over? I still don't know why. I have no idea why you make the job. I actually have a good feeling about why he did that, All right, to be completely it. honest with you. <clears throat> and I agree with you, back whenever uh, people were floating that around a little bit along with him and John DeFlippo, I was thinking, no way Matt LaFleur is going to uh, go come to another job where he's going to have the same title. But if you really think about it, you look back at his past, what he's done with RG3 in his rookie year, what he did with Matt Ryan, quarterback coach, who was MVP of the league that year, what he did turning Jerry Goff from one of the worst quarterbacks, if not back in the league, to making the Pro Bowl the next year. I believe this job would be a fast track for him to get a head coaching job. So I don't think he'll be around here very long if he gets Mario to turn turned around. Given the rest of his track record, he won't be with Tennessee very long. He's going to get him a head coaching job. This is just a fact, fast track to it. That's a great point. You know, that's one of the things that I have listed as like a downside for um, <clears throat> for him is is uh, that I don't think he'll be here long. If he has success with Marcus Mariota, I think LaFleur's going to move on to a head coaching job, and I think he'll have no problem finding it. That's that's one issue that I have with him, as I don't think Matt LaFleur will be here for very long. I think we'll be replacing him, you know, within the next two, three years. You know, it's easy to see that, especially if Marcus comes back, has a great year this year. You know, it could be a one-year now. Um but still, we ended up getting them, so I kind of had to you know, eat my own words there because I was like, there's no way that's happening. Um, but we did get Matt LaFleur. Last season, he was with the L.A. Rams, obviously, as their offensive coordinator, where they ranked first in offensive scoring, 10th in total offense. Obviously, he's kind of known as a guy who's a quarterback guru. Uh, he's worked with Jared Goff, Matt Ryan, RG3, uh, and RG3's rookie year, like you were just saying. You know, all fantastic. So this was obviously a hire that it was meant to come in, and you know, work with Marcus to make Marcus more successful and help Marcus mature and get that system around him that he needs in order to take the next step. So this is, for me, you know, a really good hire. I like, I like this hire a lot. I didn't think it was going to happen, and it did, and he's obviously a guy I think that can come in. You know, also you can say experienced, not very experienced, but his track record I think speaks for itself, and, you know, I'm excited to see – um, LaFleur in Tennessee, and I think he's going to do great things with Marcus. What do you think? Exactly. If you're having to replace your coordinators every few years, it means you're doing something right. Well, I guess it could mean you're doing something wrong if you're having to fire them. But if they're moving into head coaching jobs like 
like uh, the Patriots coordinators, if they're moving up into head coaching jobs, it means your organization is definitely doing something right. Uh, as far as LaFleur, I think he's going to be great for Mariota, but this system isn't going to be the same as the Rams system or as the Falcons system. The Rams system is Sean McVay's system. He's an offensive-minded coach as well, and Matt LaFleur is just kind of running his system. The system that he implements in Tennessee, it, that's going to be Matt LaFleur's of course, Fraggable is going to have a little bit of a hand in it and uh, help adjust a few things. But for the most part, uh, what our offense is going to look like this year is going to be what um, Matt LaFleur sees and what he wants out of his offense. This is going to be built from the ground up by him where his past offenses weren't. Oh, that's a great point. And we were talking before the show about Vrabel and, and being involved in the offense. And that both kind of scared us a little bit about uh, you know, to getting too involved and wanting too much control of your team. We've seen that from coaches in the past. That becomes an issue. You want too much control of your team, and you end up, uh, you know, limiting some really talented guys that you have in your coaching staff. Hopefully that's not uh, the instance here. But I really like this hire. I think that we really knocked out of the park. I think he's going to do great things. And you're right. You know, when you have a very successful System like you're, you see right now with the Patriots that you brought up, they're losing their offense and defensive coordinator. Both are going to head coaching uh, jobs. So when you have a successful system, coaches are going to leave so they can move up, and you got to keep finding new guys. You know, one of the reasons, one of the millions of reasons why it's so hard to be successful long term in this league. Um, but both of us big on the floor. The next guy here, Pat O'Hara was hired as a quarterback coach actually before we hired LaFleur. Um, for those that don't know Pat, uh, he is a had a really fantastic Arena Bowl career. He played in five Arena Bowl championship games. He won three of those. Uh, played in He was a, in a training camp quarterback for a while for a couple of teams and spent one season as a third-string quarterback but never saw any action in a real game. Then after his career, he coached in Arena League. Uh, but I was only spent three years as an office offensive assistant in the NFL, all three of those years with Houston. So this is his first role as a quarterback coach. This is kind of what I'm seeing like as a trend here, and we'll, we're going to talk about it, and we'll keep talking about it as the show goes on, is a lot of guys with very limited experience. So far, we've talked about three coaches, and Vrabel and our head coach, LaFleur and our offensive coordinator, and O'Hara, as our quarterback coach, and all three of them were talking about this lack of experience. They do not have a lot of NFL experience. And I know you want to get guys that aren't set in their ways yet, but it's a little scary that we have this much limited experience so far. You know, and the you know, we're, and there's a lot more to come for sure. Yeah, back to what we were talking about with Rabel talking about offensive stuff, wanting to have too much control. And then Pat O'Hara gets hired as a quarterback, quarterback coach who had no experience. And I looked at this, and I was, I was starting to get a little bit nervous. I was starting to get a little worried. And then we got Matt LaFleur as our offensive coordinator. So I, that, that calms me. That puts me back at peace. But um, I expect to do all right as long as Matt LaFleur is over, overseeing things. that It shouldn't be too big of an issue. And he might turn out to be a great coach. He just hasn't had the chance to prove himself. It's just You want somebody with experience overseeing him and making sure – that he's not messing up too bad. Absolutely. Yeah, that's 
No, I mean, it's a big thing is, is you want to get – and it, I was the same as you. I'll say that. I was the same as you when we hired O'Hara. I was like, oh, man, it's a guy that has, like, almost no NFL experience. He's coached a lot in arena football. Like, you know, he does have a lot of football experience. But the NFL, obviously, is a different animal than arena league, and that worried me. And then getting LaFleur really helped me, you know, calm down. All right, we're getting – we got a guy that, that I have some faith in. But overall, I think O'Hara – I've looked at his arena – league and I really like try to dissect it and see how quarterbacks did under him and it, for the most part they seem really good and you see upticks in their career when they're under Pat O'Hara so you know that that seems promising we'll have to see this is his first stint like we said as a quarterback coach see how he does and he, I think he's going to come in and learn a lot from LaFleur and I think LaFleur's going to you know really be the the true quarterback coach on this team as well as the offensive coordinator but I think Pat O'Hara, you know, can come in. If he can learn a lot, then when LaFleur does leave, we have a guy, a quarterback coach, that we can have some faith in. But interesting fun fact, and we were talking about this before the show, Cody. Uh, if you've ever seen the, bo- the movie Waterboy, and they face, you know, the University of Louisiana is the, the evil team, the bad team in the movie. Pat O'Hara played the quarterback in that movie. He also plays a small part in any given Sunday. That doesn't affect his coaching at all, but it is kind of interesting to have a quarterback coach with some little bit of Hollywood uh, uh, roles right there on him. But overall, I'm weary about Pat O'Hara, but if he gets under LeFleur and he learns, I think we'll have a guy that's going to you know blossom into a really good quarterback's coach. Yeah, I completely agree i mean it's a it's a trade and it can be taught so hopefully it all works out for absolutely uh on to the next guy is a guy that i'm I'm gonna just be honest i'm not really happy about this hiring i just don't really understand it um rob moore was hired as our wide receivers coach he's a former raiders wide receivers coach also spent some time with the bills uh he was had an up and down coaching career if you think about the guys he's coached you know, Crabtree has had a second, his second half, his career, you know, with Rob Moore. It's been fantastic. He was a guy that was kind of looking like, man, you could almost call him a bust. And now he's having, you know, the best years of his career. And Amari Cooper, who had that one fantastic year, but he looked really bad last year. The drops have been consistently, uh, you know, problems. Sammy Watkins is a guy that's had an up and down career. And with Rob Moore, it's been real up and down, but you can – you can attribute a lot of that to injuries. You know, we were talking about Robert Woods is a guy that he worked with who really outplayed where he was drafted for sure. You know, he's not a guy that you would talk about elite by no means, but I believe he's like a sixth-round pick or something like that. So, you know, definitely works some magic there. It's just – it's real up and down. You know, it's it's not a great um, – coaching pedigree for sure it's not a great run it you know it's like we keep saying with Lafleur. you know the the proof is there you know his record speaks for himself that's not what's happening with Rob Moore it's just not not nearly that as impressive he was a really good player in his day he was a first team all pro selection during his play career one year uh went two different years to the pro bowl was also uh the leading receiver in 1997 the year that he was an all pro selection so definitely a guy that knows how to play this position. Seems like he, you know, for the most part knows how to coach it. It's just not a guy I'm really big on. I, you know, I don't hate this hiring, but I really don't like it either. 
Yeah, it's totally understandable. It kind of goes back to what you said the very first uh, show I was on with you where you said um, great players don't make great coaches. Average players make great coaches. But I feel like he's going to be all right. Like you mentioned, Crabtree, who's revitalized his career under him. And Cooper, who is – I'm just talking about most recent stuff he's done here. Cooper, who is who – is, uh, drops were a concern for him when he was first coming out of the University of Alabama. But uh, he's had some good years. He's had some bad years, very up and down. But that whole Raiders offense has struggled. They got the highest-paid offensive line there in Oakland, and it struggled. Derek Carr struggled as a result. Uh, Marshawn Lynch, he never looked like the same beast mode he did back in Seattle. So I, I don't want to pin it all on him, but there was some bad drops that Cooper did make. But overall, that whole offense struggled there in Oakland. No, that's definitely true. Um and I definitely collected some money this off season. As soon as the season ended, I should say, uh, because of a lot of Marshawn Lynch fans that I bet Marshawn would not have the season they thought he was going to have. Uh, but anyway, moving back to Titans related, here's one thing that scares me about um, about Moore. You look at his track record with young receivers, and this is important for Tennessee because obviously with Corey Davis, we have a guy that was drafted really high that we expect a lot from at the wide receiver position. Sammy Watkins and Amari Cooper, guys that were drafted really high that their teams expected a lot from, and both of them very up and down, very up and down careers. A slow start for Corey Davis out of the gates. You know, he had, he had an okay season. Um, ending it with a – well, he was like the only player that had a good game in that uh, New England Patriots game. Uh, you know, getting it, two touchdowns in that. So ended off strong, but we really didn't see, a, you know, there was a large part where he missed a lot of games, and then we really didn't get to see that elite level that we thought, although, you know, you can also blame a lot of that on the play calling and the offense for sure. But we're ready for Corey Davis with Marcus Mariota to take the next step. Next year, I think a lot of us are expecting Corey Davis to take that next step. So, we have a guy coming in that has a rocky track record when it comes to working with elite-level young receivers, and he's going to work with an elite-level young receiver. So, it, you know, that part scares me. Oh, yeah, for sure. And another thing is I think this offense is going to change, and it's going to be a lot different, but I still don't expect it to be a pass-heavy offense. I still think we're going to be a run-first team, just maybe not as much because that's how our team is built. But – we definitely got to be able to keep defenses honest. If we want to stretch the field, we have to have that ability. It's just an element to the game, and you got to have all the elements in the game to put a full game together. If you can't do that, defenses are not going to respect you, and that's something that we have to be able to do. I believe it, I want to say it was Jim White that I heard talking the other day. It might have been. Um, but anyways, it said a line that I really liked and, and I wanted to bring up is, you know, talking about next year and, and what we're going to look like when it comes to offense. And they said, I believe it was Jim. Um, if not, I'm sorry for whoever did say that. I'm, I'm forgetting who you are. But they said we're going to we're going to run the ball a lot, but we're not going to have to rely on the run like we did last year. You know, this past season we had to rely on the run to have success. Next year we're going to be a running team, but we're not going to have to rely on the run or at least that's the hope you know with this new coaching staff is we're going to be able to win football games when we need to pass because we didn't have a lot of games where that was necessarily true 
Um, but, but yeah, what you said is correct. You know, it's we're still going to be a running team, but we're going to have to make some moves through the air. We're going to have to make you know chunk plays just like every other team in the NFL. Corey Davis is going to be a big part of that, or hopefully will be a big part of that, and we need him to mature. So bring in a guy that has a rocky track record with these first-round wide receivers. You know, rub me the wrong way a little bit, but hopefully, you know, given the talent that we have around him, he'll do fine. And, and speaking of a guy that we have around him that I do like is Arthur Smith, our tight ends coach. He is the only guy so far on our staff that coached for the Titans last year that came back. You know, so far he's the only guy that has gotten his job back. Uh, he's been the Tennessee Titans tight end coach since the middle. It's actually a little, uh, he's coached nine games in the 2015 season. So a little more than half that year uh, and has been in that role ever since. He, you know, he's not a guy that's like, you're, you probably don't even know his name unless you're a, a dedicated fan to the team. But since he's come in, you know, we you have Delaney Walker as a guy that, you know, Smith is probably learning just as much from Delaney Walker as vice versa. Well, Smith has earned some high praise from a lot of guys. You know, he comes in, he's working hard, he studies hard to get to know this job. And, you know, he was just kind of thrown in there. And he's done an excellent job. You know, if you look at him, you look at what we're able to do when we bring in backups. You know, Fasano is a great backup for us. Supernal had a better season this year than he did the previous year for sure. You know, not nearly as many mental mistakes. Came up with a couple big plays throughout the season when we needed them. And then you look at John, who had some huge plays this year when we needed them. You know, had a pretty solid season coming in as a rookie. And, you know, especially he had the big jump from a small college to the big-time NFL. So, you know, Smith's work, even though he's working with talented guys, it, you know, he has made a lot of these backups and a lot of these, you know, young guys like Smith better. And, you know, Arthur Smith has done a good job. He's a guy that I like on this coaching staff, and I'm glad that we brought him back. Also a guy from everyone I've talked to around the Titans organization, a guy that preaches physicality every day, which is obviously something you love to hear if you love Titans football. Yes, exactly. And I don't know too much about the guy. I haven't really looked in his past or anything. He's a great coach. We have Delaney Walker, and those two have a certain chemistry together. You don't want to break that up. You want as much continuity as you can get, and especially going through all these changes that we're going through. So that's a good thing to have. Plus, Delaney Walker is another set of eyes and another set of ears to help these younger players like John New Smith, something that the team wanted from Harry Douglas and and Eric Decker, it's just Delaney can, can do that, but also lead by example by putting up those elite top numbers. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And, and a guy like Arthur Smith coming in and you're thrown into this role, not an ideal situation uh, to get a promotion, but when you have a guy like Delaney Walker that is a leader, that is a, a fantastic player on the field and is so smart, you know, it makes it a lot easier. I'm sure that he's really glad that he had Delaney for these uh, the few years that he's been in this position, and I've wondered to myself, um, you know, since this hiring, because we know Delaney's not a guy that's you know gonna bite his tongue. He's gonna say how he feels. He's gonna talk to people and then say what he wants. I wondered if Delaney had anything to do with Arthur Smith coming back because we they're supposedly have a pretty close relationship. So I was wondering if you know did Delaney maybe call up Vrabel and be like, look, bring this guy back, or you know. 
call up John Robinson and be like, look, I want to play again with, with Arthur. He's, he's a great guy, you know, whatever. Um, and because it's not unrealistic to think that if you hear that from, you know, and you're John Robinson or you're Vrabel and you think this guy's one of the leaders of this football team, you know, let's let's look at this guy seriously. Let's look at this coach seriously and make a decision. Obviously, you're going to do that when you have a guy that's been one of the best tight ends in the league, one of the leaders in your football team. So I've been wondering that, but, you know, so far I've gotten no word if it had any effect or no effect on the rehiring of Smith, but I am glad that he's back. Yeah, you look at it, the cornerstone pieces of a team, the players-wise, the leaders, the cornerstones, the guys that you depend on week in and week out, they do have a say on this. I just saw this today that Aaron Rodgers' quarterback coach was fired or or is getting replaced, and Aaron was a little bit upset that he wasn't uh, in the know that they didn't come and talk to him about this beforehand, and he was a little bit surprised. So um, those type of things, when you've got a player like that, a player that your team really depends on, he gets a little bit of a say on who his coaches are going to be. Absolutely right, and Delaney Walker should. He's definitely earned that right. You know, it's a rare, it's rarefied air that doesn't just come just because you're a good player or just because you're a leader, you kind of have to be the complete package. You know, there's probably only Delaney and maybe Casey on this team that you would really give that already to, you know, the right to have the kind of the say and who comes in and who doesn't. But moving on to the defensive side of the ball, and I, I'm very excited to talk about this defensive roster. We had some guys that I was questionable about, for, but for the most part, I love defensive hires. Don Pease is a guy that I have I've loved for a long time. He's a guy that I've always liked his defensive style. And the last spent the last ten years as a defensive coordinator at the NFL level. Six of those ten years, his defense is ranked in the top ten. You know, we're talking about records that speak for themselves. When you spend sixty percent of your coaching career. As a top ten unit, your your record speaks for itself. Um, I've heard a lot of people talking too. I wanted to mention this real quick about you know the three four and four three. Pease comes out of a three four system. Vrabel came you know from Houston out of a three four system. I don't think there's any likelihood that we change to a four three system. I'm just I don't think we have two coaches that are you know they got guys that coach the three four. That you know, that's where, where they do their best work. So I, I don't think there's any likelihood that we change. And I think most fans know this. You're probably listening to this at home, being like, "Yeah, no shit, Ryan." But I, I've heard a lot of talk about it, so I wanted to address it real quick. But back on the Dan Pease, he's an excellent football coach, an excellent defensive mind. If you were paying attention last year in the second half of the season, the Baltimore Ravens had, in my opinion, and bar none, including Jacksonville, the scariest defense in the league. The last especially five, six weeks, and maybe excluding that last game for Baltimore, that defense was downright scary. They were nasty. Um, I believe, like, from week eight on, they were leading every statistical category for a defense. You know, they really came together. And if you think about the guys, they have some strong players on defense, but there's no real superstars on that defense. There's no real you know, fantastic players. And, And that's kind of where Tennessee finds themselves right now is, Drill Casey's, you know, an unreal talent. But outside of that, we have Kevin Byard, who's up and coming. Uh, you know, really broke out this year. And, and we have, you know, Dory Jackson, who's young and had a solid year. A guy like Avery Williamson, who's a, who's a heck of a or is, sorry, not Avery Williamson, uh, Wesley Woodyard, who's had a you know a solid career and had a really good year last year. 
there's pieces, but there's no, you know, outside of Casey, no real superstars. There's no, you know, guys that are crazy, crazy talented and have been for a while. I think Bayard is crazy talented, but, you know, over a period of time. So Dan, where's Dean? Sorry, not Dan. Dean, we've seen do this with Baltimore. Take a squad that is solid and make them fantastic. I'm really excited about this hiring. I think he's an excellent hire here. How do you feel, Cody? Oh, I completely agree. Dick LeBeau's shoes are, are, are hard to feel, but this guy's probably the best candidate to feel those those shoes. And I was really surprised that we got him. He comes with a lot of experience. He started out as a linebacker coach with the Ravens before he became defensive coordinator. And that Ravens linebacker unit had five undrafted, uh, undrafted players on it who played sizable roles, who played good roles, who produced and had solid games and a solid season. So, I find that very impressive. And then they had three who played sizable roles and had solid production. They had three of those guys who were drafted in the third round or later. So I have a feeling that our, our linebackers are going to take a big jump forward. And you also look at Rabel, who's also a former linebacker and a former linebacker coach. I think our linebackers are going to be very, very good next season. Um, I, I expect our defense to be scary. And I can't remember if it was Rabel or uh, Dean Pease who said this. He said, our defense is technically a 3-4, but we run a lot of a 4-3. Or he might have said we, our, our defense is a 4-3, but we run a lot of 3-4. So it's going to be very versatile. And just like Rabel said in his press conference, we're going to be a, uh, a task, a multiplicity front, a lot of guys doing a lot of different things, a lot of different looks. So I expect our defense to be fairly more complicated next season, a lot more creative, and probably it's going to be a lot more fun to watch as well. Oh, yeah, Pease is definitely a fan of that multiple front. And, and I said this last week when I was talking on the show. The 3-4 and a 4-3, it really doesn't matter. Most teams run both. All teams, not most. Every team in the NFL runs both. If you really look at it like play-by-play, play, when you and like if you think about the Tennessee Titans, we'll have three defensive linemen that are, you know, have defensive linemen numbers that are defensive linemen on the roster. But then, you you know, it depends. You have Derek Morgan coming on the line. You have uh, Arakpo playing up on the line. So most of the time, there's still four guys on the line. You know, it's you can do more out of a 3-4, and if you have athletic guys on the outside that can, you know, make plays and you know uh, in the running game and, you know, can, make, can cover when they need to and stuff, it, it makes perfect sense to do it um, because it makes your defense faster. I'm, I'm a fan of the 3-4 system, but... You know, you still te- you you show multiple fronts. Every team does, and Pease is a huge fan of this. Like, no two plays for him look alike on defense. It's really hard for offenses to predict what he's going to do. They kind of just have to run their thing and hope it works. And I mean, he's an excellent football coach when it comes to that. He, he really is hard to predict. Yeah, I believe it was uh, leading the league in turnovers. I can't swear to it. I read the stat, and there was two of them that was really good. And I think the Ravens last season led the league in turnovers and confusing quarterbacks, being complicated on the defense, showing a lot of different looks. That's how you get those turnovers. You don't necessarily have to have the, the best, the most athletic to do that, but confusing quarterbacks is how you're doing that. And with his 40-some-odd years experience, he, he's got a pretty good idea on how to do that. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And, you know, we're talking about these guys that we do like, like LaFleur, like Pease, like Arthur Smith. You know, we've been talking about these guys we really like. 
there might not be another guy that I like more than this next guy on our list. And I told you that before the show, Cody. I'm really high on this guy, and that's Kerry Coombs coming from Ohio State University to be our uh, defensive back coach in Tennessee. He is a guy that I love. I love this hiring. I think it's the best hiring that we had in all of our coaches. And if you're not familiar with the name, you will be soon. He's been an exceptional coach at every level he's ever been at. You know, at, in college with Ohio State, fantastic coach in the Ohio area. Um, and and uh, high school football, he's a legend in high school football in, in Ohio. Um, and fantastic this will be his first time jumping the NFL, but experience is not an issue with this man. He spent the last 36 years coaching high school and and um, college football. And I know I always say on this show, you know, it's a different animal, and it truly is. But this might be the only instance that I'll ever, like, I have zero worries about him not play, coaching in the NFL. He's an absolutely uh, amazing, amazing football coach. And you look at the guys that come out of his system. Marshawn Lattimore came out last year. Um, Garyon Conley also. Came, you, every single year this guy, that he's been in Ohio State, he has guys taken in the first round, in the second round, in the third round. He has produced so many talented, unreally talented um, defensive back since his time in uh, Ohio State. I mean, it, it is like record truly speaks for itself. That's like my motto today, evidently. But, I mean, it is. He's a fantastic football coach. And at Ohio State, they really made Ohio State, you know, DBU. Everybody says that. And it's 100% true, and it's because of Coombs. Now, when you bring in a guy like this to a team like Tennessee – where secondary has been a struggle for us for quite some time now, and we have young guys back there like LaShawn Sims, uh, like Adoree, like Bayard. You have young guys back there as the most of, you know, your, that's your four, three of your four starters are within a couple of years of being drafted, and you bring in a guy like Coombs that has so much talent at getting these young guys prepared for the next level, and he's going to come and work with these guys. I'm excited. I'm excited to see what he can do with this secondary. I'm excited to see the shape that a lot of these young guys are going to be in. I'm, I mean, it's it's an exciting, exciting time, and I, I think this might be our best hire. I completely agree. I absolutely loved this hire. It was it was great. Think about it. Last year, he had two cornerbacks and a safety drafted in the first round. And I can't remember exactly where Garyon went, but two of those went in the top 20 picks. And Marshawn Lattimore, he was probably my favorite prospect outside of Miles Garrett, of course, coming out of last year's draft. I loved Marshawn Lattimore. I preached all offseason. If Lattimore stays healthy, he's going to be a Pro Bowl cornerback. And not to toot my own horn, but I was right. He shut dudes down all season long this year. He's got another guy coming up, Denzel Ward, who's likely to be another first-round pick. And Denzel Ward and... Dory Jackson both have a lot of things in common. They're both a little bit undersized, and they're both highly, highly athletic. So that should be a smooth transition. Dory should really, should really benefit from having this guy, as well as Kevin Byard. Uh, really, our whole secondary is going to benefit from this guy, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. We'll probably have more turnovers. Um, we won't have guys. We won't have the other team's wide receivers running open down the field like we've had in previous years. 
Um, you really couldn't have gotten any better than this, in my opinion. No, I don't think you could have. I think this was the best coach. And you never get to say that because there's so many coaches at so many levels you know, in so many places. But I think you couldn't have gotten a better hire at this position. I, I love this guy. Um, and then he came out and he said they asked him why because he talked about not wanting to leave Ohio. He coached uh, high school football in Ohio. He coached at Ohio State. You know, he, he never really thought that he'd ever leave Ohio. So they asked him why now, why make this choice now. And obviously, you know, the connection with Vrabel had something to do with it. But he said, I won state championships. I've won a national championship. And to win a Super Bowl, that's going to be something a few guys have ever done. That's why I'm coming. And that that's, you know says it all. He's coming to win a Super Bowl. I love hearing stuff like that. I love a guy that's going to come in. You know he's going to be dedicated. He's going to be ready. He's going to get these guys in a shape to where we have the ability you know, to go play and play at that level where we're true contenders. You know, I think if you, if we were putting grades on these, which we're not, this would be like an A++++. plus plus plus. I love Kerry Coombs. I think this is a great hire. Uh, but moving on to the next one here, Terrell Williams going to be our defensive line coach. Six years of experience at, at the defensive line position in the NFL. Fifteen years of experience uh, as a defensive line coach. In college, he's never worked a different position. You rarely see coaches like that. He's never like once been like an assistant or a linebackers coach or anything. He's just been a defensive line coach. But you kind of like that. You're talking about 21 years of specialization that this guy's had, where he's only been a defensive line coach. Uh, he's had a lot of success. He spent two of those years at Texas A&M, where you know, and those two years had very stout defensive lines. He's a very, very, uh, I think he's going to be a solid coach. And he comes into a unit with really one star, and he's surrounded by guys that are averagely talented. And, I, you know, I love Carl Klug. Carl Klug's like the patron saint of this show. Uh, but Carl Klug is a guy that has average talent. He just has all the hustle and heart in the world, and it makes him seem a lot more talented than he is. But it is Drell Casey's superstar. And then a bunch of guys that are just averagely talented. So getting more talent in the defensive line is obviously, you know, we've been talking about it all year, you know, leading up into this offseason, and I'm sure we're going to beat it into the ground until draft time. It's definitely something we have to do is get more talent. But bringing in a guy like Terrell Williams I, I think is a good hire. I think he's a guy that, you know, can get these guys that are averagely talented that we have to become, you know, good. You know, when, when you do that, is what separates good teams from bad teams. Any bad team can draft a guy that's fantastic and watch him play fantastically. Any team in the NFL can do that. Where you win Super Bowls is finding those guys in the sixth round, finding those Tom Brady's, finding those Richard Sherman's, you know, finding those guys like Terrell Davis that go undrafted or are drafted late and turning them into really good players is how you win Super Bowls. Um, I think Terrell Williams is a guy that we're going to really like having around. I think he's going to be a guy that's going to make this defensive line better. Yeah, I don't know too much about him. I know that he was there with Miami for the last two years. Um, he had Cameron Wake and Indonick and Sue there. And I know they did struggle a little bit over there in Oakland while he was there. Dan Williams didn't really pan out the way he had, they had hoped he would. Um, they had Khalil Mack, but that's just somebody, you know, top five draft pick. He's going to be ultra-talented, of course. 
Um, so I don't know too much about him. I ain't necessarily crazy about it, but it's kind of like the Mike Rabel. I don't love it, but I don't hate it either. And Tony Romo really pointed out, we don't only need more talent on our defensive line. We, we need more depth on our defensive line. And that's something that a lot of Titans fans, myself included, didn't even realize until Tony Romo looked at the tape and pointed it out himself. No, it's definitely something we've talked about on the show before. Back when Glenn was still on the show, obviously a guy that played defensive line all growing up and in college, you know, Glenn has been talking about it for a while. And so it's something that's been, you know, in the back of my mind for quite some time is is our lack of depth at the defensive line position and our lack of talent. Um, You know, I I think I'm a little higher on Williams than you are. I'm not in love with the guy, uh, but I I do like him. I think it was a solid hiring. you know, so I'm a little higher than you, but I, I hopefully, hopefully we're both wrong, and he's just like through the roof, fantastic. But as of right now, I think it was a solid hire. I think he'll be successful, especially with we're gonna get you know an influx of talent on the defensive line. We know that we know that's going to happen in this off season. You mix that with the fact he's gonna be working with guys like Coombs and Peace and Vrabel. You know, he's probably gonna be successful, even if he's not the best at his job. Right, and of course, Mike Vrabel, he also spent time as a defensive line coach, not only as a linebacker's coach, and of course, you got Dan, Don, Dean Pease, you got me messed up, he's going to be there too, that. so, so um, it, it's going to be alright, I think our defense is going to be, it stepped up this past year, I think it's going to take another step up again this year, but you got to remember, it's new coaches that we're going to have this year, so there's definitely going to be a learning curve, and that's also on the offensive side of the ball too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Dean Pease, I keep saying Dan, but, uh, no, yeah, you're, you're right. You're absolutely right. Next guy we've got to talk about here inside linebackers coach, uh, Tyrone, Tyrone McKenzie, excuse me there. He was a special teams coach, uh, with the Rams, uh, come over, um, to the Tennessee Titans to be our inside linebackers coach. You know, I don't know a lot about this guy from what I read. He, you know, he's a guy, a high intensity, kind of guy he you know and and that's all he's you know a good thing for an inside linebackers coach and we have two guys you know at inside linebacker that are both pretty good not great um obviously you know Wesley Woodyard had a fantastic season this year uh, you know but over the last if you combine the last you know what three four years that they've both been here together it's good not great you know that's that's pretty much where it's at both great run stoppers you know, really struggling the passing game. We bring in a guy, you know, in Brown, Jayon Brown, that, you know, had, did good for us in the passing game this season. I, I like McKenzie. Everything that I've heard 